This is July. June. June, June. Yeah. We already did July, though, didn't we? Yeah, you and me, baby. Okay. It's in the can. Good shows. (laughs) Man, really hope we get to make an actual game that tune this week. Fucking really hope we don't get just smacked by a hurricane and lose our power on Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. God. You guys can forge ahead without me. Fucking, yeah, maybe we'll, yeah. Yeah, Jeopardy with yeah. the host and one contestant. Yeah, Hurricane eliminated two of the Floridians from August yeah. Absurdity. How absurd. <laughs> Johnny definitely wins by default. God, yeah, Johnny just has to do an entire Jeopardy by himself and then somehow. I have, I have to get at least one right. Yeah. You have to finish in the positive. Or I guess, yeah, finish in the positive. That's all I gotta do. Oh, man. That would be good. (laughs) We fucking get to the end of the one man Jeopardy and Johnny's got negative dollars. (laughs) August Absurdity ends. (laughs) David wins. Although, okay, I'm, I'm hopeful that we will have a show on Wednesday. I don't want a hurricane to hit. I want you guys to be safe and comfortable and all that. But something. Something also makes me laugh really hard about August Absurdity going into September. Like, okay, so it's going to be David and Johnny in the finals. Like, no, dude, it's fucking September. Just call it. We're well, done. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm it, sick it, of this. We have gone into September in the past, usually uh, on account of my mom dying. Um, but you know, usually, this, usually it has something to do with my mom dying. <laughs> Uh, this time, however, well, again, guys. we can claim force majeure, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I like the idea of it just abruptly ending when neither me or Jesse could be on the show and Johnny loses Jeopardy. It's like, well, <laughs> David's the champ. This, yeah. Yeah. Happy September, everybody. See you next time. Uh, yeah. So hopefully it doesn't come to that. But if it does, honestly, that's very funny. Um, so we'll just see. Won't we? <laughs> and it's for some reason, in my head when he said "Happy September," it just made me think of the one tree also for that. It's like "Happy Halloween, everybody!" <laughs> and then it goes into. <laughs> <laughs> That's good too. Yeah. Okay. Right, we'll we'll, we'll do that at the end of the August absurdity, no matter what. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Happy week after Labor Day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, we should start the show. Yeah. Good. Okay, cool. Then uh, everybody's doing their own recordings, but everything should be fine on my end because everything's great. And let's get it going, guys. It's time. It's gems time, baby. Let's get in the zone. The gem zone. Talking five, four, three, two, one. Make GTT June gems happen now. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yeah. What is going on, everybody? It's Game That Tune Gems, and we're back in the house once again. It's your boy, John Harrington, here. I've got John Regan with me. Say hey. Hey. Are you fucking with me? Was there a delay? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. The fuck, man? <laughs> I got Jesse Moore with me. Say hey. Hey. And we got David Fleming with us. Say hey. You know, the great thing about that is whenever you edit this episode, you can add as much time as you want Mm -hmm. before Johnny says, hey. Also, hey. Hey, guys. Yeah. Johnny, you know, for some reason, adding a big weird blank space to the beginning (laughs) of this episode. 
uh, you know, just for a, just for a laugh. It's a rib. Uh, it's Game That Tune Gems back in the house for June of 2023. That's right, Game That Tune Gems, the show where we listen to video game music from awesome games that came out 30, 20, and 10 years ago. And uh, my goodness, guys, June of 2023 means that we've got fantastic tunes from games released in June of 1993, 2003, and 2013. And it is just, yeah, I don't want to say, I I think I hype every episode up as a fantastic show, so I won't overdo it this time. It's going to be a good show, a good episode of Game That Tune Gems. There were many, many games that came out in these months. This is one of the ones that I've actually had to pare the list down to a a manageable list. We could have done like 12 epi- uh, twelve games per segment, and I'm not putting us through that. We're going to do a reasonably reasonably uh, large show with fantastic tunes, just the best of the best. So let's start by getting back in time to June of 1993. And when we're talking about the best of the best, we're talking about NES games that came out in June of 1993. Of course, we're starting off with some big-time games that have a a claim to be the best of the best, the best of the NES games, Uh, starting with a fantastic game based on a fantastic cartoon series, a sequel to a very beloved game. Uh, You know, one might say this game's better than the original. Uh, I'm sure somebody here is prepared to make that argument. We got DuckTales 2 on the NES. Woo. (laughs) Woo Yeah, so I never really played DuckTales 2 on the NES, but I do know it's, uh, this is like an expensive-ass game if you want to try to get it nowadays, right? Because it right. came out so late, so few people bought it. Yeah, there, there is that. If you want to get an actual NES copy of it, it's quite expensive. But it is available on uh, pretty much everything now with the uh, Disney Afternoon Collection or whatever. I have played this in the last couple of years, and I did not pay more than $10 to do so. Okay, um, good, good, yeah. yeah. It's good. As you shouldn't. It's like, it's a fine game. I don't know. It's it's another DuckTales game. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, I think DuckTales is fine. I don't know where, where people stand. I know that the moon is the best, like, video game song on the NES, but, like, where do people stand on the actual game DuckTales? It's fine, right? See, that's the that's the weird thing to me is because, like, so many people talk about DuckTales on the NES as this, like cult classic it's underappreciated it's such a great game but they did make a sequel and everyone's like oh yeah ducktales 2 it's fine right yeah uh you know unnecessary but yeah it's, it's great you know if if only there were a fantastic sequel to that original game ducktales and then there was and then there was also a remaster and then there was shovel knight and you know i would say the you know shovel knight surpasses ducktales in most measurable ways you know, fun and playability but it 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 falls short of Ducktales in the having of uh, ducks, um, <laughs> f- fewer ducks in Shovel Knight than in Ducktales. But uh, yeah, I don't know. God, man. There's <laughs> there's a crossover that I want to see. Shovel ducks. Yeah, I want to see a Ducktales DLC for Shovel Knight. <laughs> I mean, they should have done it. Yeah, <laughs> quite frankly, you know, I don't know why they haven't made a actual sequel to Shovel Knight. I know they made Shovel Knight several different games just by using DLC, but like, you know, Shovel Knight Two. Uh, maybe they could, you know, borrow uh, borrow Scrooge, uh, and have him bouncing around on a cane. I don't know. Like Ducktales too, it's it's fine. I, you know, like I said, I played it on that uh that breakfast collection or whatever they call it, Saturday afternoon Disney whatever collection. Uh, you know, it's good. It's more 
DuckTales. It's it's fine. It's you know it sh- it probably shouldn't have come out. To be quite honest, it's you know an NES game in nineteen ninety three. They should have been making Super DuckTales instead of making DuckTales two. Um, I'd be interested to play then, but I don't know. I uh, I find DuckTales charming. My son's starting to get into the cartoons, so uh, you know having a little DuckTales. Uh, you know, I'm starting to remember DuckTales in this house. It's good. It's fun. Good shows. New one better than the old one, as it turns out. Learning that gradually as time goes on. You don't say an animated series made within the last two, three years is better than an animated series made 20 to 30 years ago. I won't blow your mind, David, but DuckTales, uh, the new one came out seven years ago. (laughs) The point still stands. (laughs) I don't want to acknowledge the passage of time. I just want to acknowledge this good cartoon. And yes, it's very good. Uh... 80s cartoons, maybe a uh, nostalgia-driven, like this game, DuckTales 2, for the NES, uh, developed, of course, by Capcom and composed by Na- Minai Saito and Akihiro Akamatsu. We've got two fantastic songs. We've got Niagara Falls, and we've got Glomgold's Ship. Uh, I haven't watched old DuckTales in a while, so I don't remember who Glomgold is, but uh, let's, uh, let's see how the tunes are sounding. Uh, funky guy that he is. Good ship. 
Got like a casino going on that ship, I think. Um, you know, good tunes. Funky, uh, funky NES tunes. Love that, uh, love those ducktails. Uh, woo. So, Jesse, let's move on to something that'll get you into the conversation. I want to talk about an NES game and a Game Boy game. They both came out this month, but we've got the NES soundtrack to listen to. And I want to talk to you about Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, I love that show. Uh, how about the NES and Game Boy games? <laughs> I've only played the Genesis game. Oh. So, sorry. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, here I was thinking I had a completionist on my hands. I thought you would be able to tell us something about that. No, um, hmm. I could only imagine what it would be to play on the Game Boy. Jesus. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's a ship flying game. Probably not a. Probably I mean, not like a ship would... management game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. That would be the only way you could really approach it. I would think, and and even then, that would be kind of silly because it's like. How do you translate Star Trek onto the Game Boy? That sounds impossible. Yeah, I haven't watched much Star Trek, but I don't know how you translate it to anything. Yeah, it's not you a, should, you, not like an action adventure kind of you know game or like show. There are five episodes you should watch. Yes, I'll take suggestions at some point, but uh, maybe not right now. Um, I could imagine like an action adventure platforming game based on Star Trek: The Original Series, where like you're Kirk beaming down to a planet and fighting lizard men and whatnot. But mm. Next Generation, born David. I assume he's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next Generation. I think that's a harder sell to do on the NES. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, they had like. Like on the uh, Genesis and stuff, it was basically, you know, you go down a planet, it's like a side-scroller, and you got your phasers and uh, and stuff. Um, like, really, I think the best ones were the point-and-click adventure games for the original series. Right. Where they got, like, the old actors back, and they did, like, the voices for them and stuff. Those were super fun. But these are not those at all. And um, I'm curious as to hear what the sound, the music sounds like. Uh, well, then let's do it, because we've got two fantastic songs uh, you know, from Star Trek The Next Generation, developed by Imagineering, composed by Mark Van Hecke. We've got uh, Select Your Destination, the Star Trek Next Generation theme, and we've got the theme of Lieutenant Worf. Uh, oh. Jesse, would you say that Worf is one of your boys? You know, he's all right. He's <laughs> not like, you know, my top five or anything. Oh, I, I appreciate Worf. Um, okay. Wow, I thought that was going to be a, a you know just a firm yes. I he's kind of a you know he's kind of the enhancement talent of the ship hmm. because what usually happens here's a little spoiler okay. for a lot of like next gen, um, not so much in Deep Space Nine, um, so uh, a lot of times when like a really like you know the villain of the week like beams aboard the show hmm. like Worf goes and attacks them and then is quickly. Uh, dealt with and ah, so okay. that's that's to show you oh shit the klingon dude just got his ass whipped these these uh aliens are serious that what is the enterprise sense. gonna do yeah if the klingon so, just won every fight immediately it would kind of take yeah. away from some of the drama of the show that makes sense so so let's so he's uh, a good enhancement talent yeah so let's hear two fantastic songs from star trek the next generation
a bad character theme, I guess, for Worf. I don't know. I feel like it would be okay. Should be harder, maybe. Like you know, I don't know. He's he's a he's a Klingon. He's a bad motherfucker. He should have like a like a Megadeth kind of theme. But I don't know. <laughs> Again, I don't watch NES. I don't watch Star Trek. <laughs> so who knows if he's supposed to be you know the ultimate badass or not? But you know, maybe maybe in my version of Star Trek, he is. So let's move on from the uh, small screen to the big screen on the small screen. Um, I think this is the first time that we've talked about a game based on this movie on the show. And given that the movie came out about 30 years ago and this game came out about 30 years ago, I think that we might have a couple more editions of this on future episodes of the show, should we choose to listen to them or feature them. Um, it's time, guys, to go for the biggest movie of 1993. And you know which movie I'm talking about, of course. Uh, Son-in-Law? Yes, it's Son-in-Law for the NES. Uh, the Pauly Shore Carla Gugino vehicle. Uh, you know, the crazy twist in this one is you actually play as the dad in the movie. You play as Lane Smith. Uh, trying to set <laughs> the traps. Final boss. Trying to set the traps to catch Pauly Shore and his lies. Uh, yeah, and and when you fight Polly Shore at the end, he turns into a weasel. Yes. Um, Please tell me you looked this stuff up and you just don't have encyclopedic knowledge of Polly Shore's career. Uh, David, which one do you think is more likely? <laughs> you know, that's why I'm asking you to tell me. I've seen Son-in-Law <laughs> enough times to say these things. I like Son-in-Law. I like and three movies that Polly Shore made, man. <laughs> and that's just this week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I got nothing going on, baby. I can watch Son-in-Law as many times as I want. But no, uh, actually what we're talking about is, of course, uh, a, a lesser movie, one of the second best movie of 1993, Jurassic Park. Uh, specifically Jurassic Park on the NES. Mm. Yeah, it, it's 1A and 1B. Son-in-Law and Jurassic Park were vying for that top spot of the box office in 1993. <laughs> and it ended up, Johnny, you were wrong. Jurassic Park did win in the end. Oh, yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Somehow. Somehow. You know, there's <laughs> so many lines from Jurassic Park that I think would make more sense in some law. Like, hold on to your butts. I could absolutely see Polly Shore saying that as crawl. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Some hold law. on to your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy. Um, I, yeah, I also think it would be great if there was just a Polly Shore-esque uh, son-in-law character in Jurassic Park. Like, obviously, they would die. Uh, what if, like, what it if wouldn't the be the dinosaur it, it, and son-in-law? I mean, uh, you know, if, if if they go back to South Dakota and son-in-law and the family's running a dinosaur ranch instead of uh, yeah. just like a normal farm, that would also be pretty good. Polly Shore is the dinosaur hunter. Like, <laughs> clever yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a fish out of water comedy. A, a fancy California dinosaur hunting stoner goes back to meet this girl's family and they're all dinosaur racers. <laughs> it's, you know, oh, man. <laughs> what a flick. Um, but no, at Jurassic Park, uh, the movie that we've all, I think, seen, uh, you know this movie, one of the biggest movies of all time, uh, they made a bunch of different versions of the game, and the NES one's the one we're talking about this month. It's, uh, it's a fine game. It's no Genesis version of Jurassic Park, of course. Um, you don't no. get to play as the no, raptor God, in this no. one. Yeah, it, so, I don't know. It's a, it's a shame this is the only one we could focus on, so, uh, I think we're right to kind of just mush it together with son-in-law and move straight to the tunes because the tunes are good. I, I, mm, <laughs> Go for I it. actually have really fond memories of this game because oh, okay, I did not have a Super Nintendo or a Genesis. So I was stuck with the NES version and 
I played the hell out of this game, and this game was surprisingly difficult. Um, it was that like NES hard, like you don't actually get to beat the game because we want you to keep replaying it over and over and over again to get your money's worth. But yeah, this game had a lot of cool moments where you were like sneaking around the lab, trying to fight Raptors. You had to avoid a Triceratops stampede. I never got to fight the T-Rex, but you could fight a T-Rex. Um, yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of Jurassic Park on the NES. Do you know if you could beat a T-Rex? Like, fighting it is one thing, but I think it's kind of more of a survival situation. I mean, obviously it's implied that you're trying to beat the T-Rex. Personally, I would not be able to beat a T-Rex. Right. We've been over that. I, I could beat up a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, personally. <laughs> D- does Johnny have time to prepare? That's the real question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny time? with prep time is yeah. invincible. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those T-Rexes, they can't handle Linux. Um, <laughs> you know, Johnny would he'd just he'd do it like uh, Independence Day. He would upload a computer virus into him and beat him with the power <laughs> of real nerdy shit. Um, Linux on this I don't T-Rex. think you understand how T-Rexes work. <laughs> you think... can't install Linux into a T-Rex. Okay. Excuse me, David. I don't think you understand how Linux works. Yeah, who's <laughs> the Linux guy here? You or Johnny? Jeez. So anyway, we got two fantastic songs. David, I'm glad you brought up that Triceratops Stampede, because that's one of the songs we have. We've got the Triceratops Stampede, and we've got the Raptor Nests from Jurassic Park on the NES. Uh, of course, developed by uh, Ocean. And composed by Jonathan Dunn. So let's uh, let's run away from these Triceratops.
those tunes uh, kind of fucking rule. I, uh, yeah, good soundtrack for for a decent game. From I'm gonna say hot take, a good movie. Uh, Jurassic Park, pretty darn good, and I'm not afraid to say it. Not afraid to say it, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now here's a question: Is it a good series? Oh, oh, the series of movies. Uh, Books wise, I hear it's really good. Yeah. My mind blanked for some reason. Thought there was a Jurassic Park TV series that I missed. (laughs) (laughs) No, is it a good set of six movies? Ultimately. (laughs) Uh, I would say n- not not necessarily, but you know, big on spectacle. Uh, it, it depends what you're looking for. Right. If you're looking for like intellectual, emotional Spielberg type films, there's one of them as a series. <laughs> no, if yeah. you like B movies as a series, it's fantastic. Yeah, they eventually get pretty goddamn B movie. Um, man, love that shit. So speaking of uh, things that eventually get kind of B movie. Uh, sadly, not a game featuring Jerry Seinfeld coming up, but a uh, game featuring a fantastic superhero that we all know and love uh, for a system that we all know and love, especially Johnny. Uh, talking about the amazing Spider-Man on the Sega CD. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. Ooh, was this that one? Specifically, Amazing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. We got Sega CD tunes, boys. Uh, it's uh, It's about to get serious in here. But first, Johnny has to tell us all his experiences with Spider-Man gaming over the years. Well, I think this is the one where you had um, you had the ability to take photos somehow, if I remember this right. And you would get uh, bonus points for getting good photos throughout the game. Really? Well, no. But by, so the reason I'm saying somehow is because I'm thinking about how the Genesis is three buttons. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, you got to jump. You got to punch, probably. You got, like, a web. So, like, what button do they use for the camera? Is it just... Can you not pause? Right. Or do you have to pause and then hit a button? Maybe that takes a photo. I don't remember. And what do, but, what are the photos of? Are they just screenshots of this Sega Genesis game? No, they're you pictures, take of pictures of Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> I was just laughing because it's like, yeah, you take pictures somehow, like with a camera. Yes. Yeah, but even then, there there raises a lot of questions on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> well, so, the CD. The, the Sega CD got real metal with it. They had to take pictures of the TV screen. They had to then go and get developed and mail out to Sega, who would then, you know, award you points via the mail about six to eight weeks later. It took a long time to get through this game. All right, Johnny. So, you know, I guess we're, we're going to be we're completely honest. straight lies I, tonight. That's all we're, you know. <laughs> you guys, I you guys, don't know if you're fucking with us. You got some of the songs with lyrics, right? Oh, of course, Jesse. Yes. Okay, good. Because no, that's okay. some silly stuff. I yes, love it. indeed. Sillier than photographing your own television. Uh, for a second there, Johnny, really had me going. I thought there was actually a thing in this game where you had to take photos and uh, maybe no, learns so you. there really is a thing in the game where you have to take photos. Is there? I don't know what to believe <laughs> yeah. from you anymore, Johnny. You kind of blew through your credibility just now. <laughs> I don't know what's real anymore, so I don't know. Tell us about the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I God, I, I man, I really do have to double check, but I am like ninety nine percent sure in this game that, um, you know, you're going around, you're web slinging, you're crawling, you're beating things up. And you have to somehow take photos within the game. 
And it's not just like it's really just a timing thing. Like you used to have to take a photo when you're close enough to the enemy, and sure. it'll show a pre-generated sprite of like you took this great photo. Uh-huh. It's not at all what you just saw. You know? Hey, <laughs> you know. Guess what, Johnny? Actually, I'm looking at the wiki now. The ability to take pictures during the game in order to earn money for web fluid was taken out of this version. Damn it! That's it's literally not in this version. That's one of the defining <laughs> things. You don't take pictures. So uh-huh. you know, God, man. Uh, let's just get to the tunes. Uh, clearly I've, you know, been a fool to ask Johnny to inform us about this game. Um, we got two fantastic songs from Amazing Spider-Man versus The Kingpin on the Sega CD. Uh, unfortunately, I still haven't found a reliably ripped soundtrack with tags on this, so I've got the, uh, fantastically titled Track 6, and then I've got Save This City, uh, from composer Spencer Nielsen and the band Mr. Big. So let us uh, let us save this city with uh, the amazing Spider-Man.
I, I honestly, I, I like the tune, so I just can't imagine how that's not distracting as hell to have that be your music for a fucking Spider-Man game on the Sega system. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. Got a very, uh, what's the band I'm trying to think of that that sounds like? Mr. Big? I mean, it, it was, but was Mr. Big really an alias for the, the band Boston? Like, I'm <laughs> trying to figure it's like this. It's uh, just some pretty, uh, pretty classic butt rock there on that soundtrack. Not, uh, not bad. Interesting, interesting choice. So, uh, let's move on from Spider-Men to, man, I don't know what you describe these creatures as. I guess it's kind of there in the title. Uh, some upright, muscle-bound toads that punch and kick things. Uh, battle toads, if you will. You know, there are actually three battle toads games that came out this month, and I had to just decide which one to feature. Um... Uh, yeah, I didn't choose Battletoads Double Dragon, the Ultimate Team for the NES. I didn't choose Battletoads in Ragnarok's World for the Game Boy. Uh, the one I went well, with was... What the hell did you choose? I went with the SNES version, man. Battletoads in Battle Maniacs. Um, these Battletoads, they were really, uh, you know, they're maniacs for battle on the SNES. I'm guessing I made a mistake in not choosing those other two. I'm sure you had more to say about those, because you're the NES guy, David. But did you ever play the Battle Maniacs? Actually, I think I think this is one of the few Super Nintendo games that I own. Um, I didn't know you I'm, could own an SNES game. Yeah, in college I bought a Super Nintendo and then went for like classic retro games and I got like, you know, Super Mario World, Super Punch-Out, Super Metroid classics and I'm hmm, I kind of want to go down in my basement, but I won't interrupt the recording. I think I got Battletoads and Double Dragon and Battletoads and Battle Maniacs. Good, good. And as I was, as I recall, this is basically like a Super Nintendo remake of the first Battletoads game, right? Pretty much. That's pretty much exactly what it is. So I figure it's good. You know, it's good start. We can get to Battletoads and Double Dragon a little bit later on this year, because, again, only the NES version came out this month, but the SNES and Genesis ones come out uh, for Christmas time. So we'll come back to the Battletoads this year. But, yeah, this is the uh, Battle Maniacs, basically an SNES update of uh, the first Battletoads game. And, you know, it's pretty fun, man. It's got real big sprites, and they added some new kind of flourishes to the, you know, the crazy moves. You know, in Battletoads, you're beating the shit out of something, and then your fist or boot grows super big, and you, you know, kick them off the screen. Um, I, the thing I remember from playing this one, like, the ram horns, like, it, there was something like a running attack in the first one, and you turned into, like, a little, you know, ram with horns and knocked something off the screen. This one, the ram horns take up, like, half the screen. Like, you turn into a big fucking ram and just, like, blow things away. Uh, I feel like the, you know, the exaggeration, they, they took the exaggeration up to 11. like. Sprites were big, and then they made them stupid big. Uh, really a really extreme look they gave to this game. Uh, pretty fun, though. Um, still kind of disappointing that you only get to do uh, one of two toads. You only get to choose Rash or Pimple in this one. No zits. Um, I find that strange. I, uh, Justice for zits. I'm saying, like, you know, where's, you know, what's it going to take to get us a three-player Battletoads game? It's the SNES. They had a multi-tap. And barring that, how about we're just, you know, letting us choose between three? Why has it got to be, you know, either Rash or Pimple? There's three fucking Battletoads. Show them all and let me pick two out of three. I don't know. Yeah. 
Who's your favorite battle toad? I know you guys, you know, you guys are big battle toads guys. So Johnny, who's your guys? Zits. It's okay. Well, geez. So you know, you have nothing for this game. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, you got a battle toad preference? Rash. Rash is cool. Uh, David. Is it? Is Rash the main one who's kind of the like bluish green one? Uh, yeah. Uh, I believe okay, Rash is yeah. bluish green. Zits is brownish, and Pimple is jacked. Um. Um, then yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Rash. Okay, cool. And I'll take Pimple since nobody said him. He's big. He's a big motherfucker. Um, he's the Keith Lee of uh, the Battle Toads, and uh, you know throws his weight around. It's great. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll come back to some more Battle Toads stuff later this year. Good uh, good series. I'm glad it kind of came back. I hope they uh, hope there are more games in the uh, you know in the whatever queue for this series. It, it's fun beating stuff up and doing exaggerated shit. So we've got two fantastic songs from Battletoads and Battle Maniacs. Actually, I say that, no, we've got three fantastic songs from Battletoads and Battle Maniacs. That'll be the compromise, since we didn't feature the other two Battletoads games that came out this month. We'll give you three fantastic songs from a legendary video game music composer. You've heard him on Game That Tune Radio. He announces, uh, you know, he's in one of our ads. Legendary video game music composer David Wise. Um... We got three fantastic songs from Battletoads in Battle Maniacs. We've got the main theme, we've got Ragnarok Canyon, and we've got the bonus stage. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hop to it, Toads. Hop. Get it, <laughs> Toads. <laughs> oh, I get it.
Yeah, man, I'm in a, I'm really glad that we got some David Wise early SNES tunes. You know, he was playing with those SNES sound samples and going in a more raucous direction. Yeah, I believe that like it was Battletoads that he was talking about when he referred to the NES as having a glorified doorbell for a sound chip. And uh, it's good that he's getting to put some guitar samples and things into uh, into Battletoads now because, uh, yeah, good tunes sounding good. And I know you're thinking, you know, uh, Diligent Jim's listeners, man, they just played three songs from a game. Surely that's their final uh, game for the 1993 segment. How are you going to, you know, top three songs from a legendary video game music composer? Well, what about three songs from a legendary video game music composer? We have one more game in this uh, this segment. And, uh, you know, it's a not well-loved game from a uh, well-loved composer. Talking about, of course, Rock and Roll Racing. For the SNES. Composed by who? Johnny, pop quiz? Um, Deep Purple, Jersey Throw Good in the Destroyers, Black Sabbath, okay, uh, okay. Steppenwolf. Wait, <laughs> Sabbath? Yeah. Sorry, Sabbath. <laughs> Black Sabbath. <laughs> okay, you might know who did the songs originally, but who, okay, who arranged them for the SNES? 
I think the Fallen Brothers did. Yeah, exactly. At least one of them. Uh, you know, I, I've got Tim Fallen in my notes, but I'm sure the other ones were lurking around there somewhere, helping him with his work. Uh, yeah, Rock and Roll Racing from composer Tim Fallon. Guys, did any of you actually play Rock and Roll Racing? The strange, like, isometric cart, like, you know, racing game on SNES? Like, yep, once at a sleepover. Right, yeah. That, yep. This was definitely, like, a maybe one-time rental that I have no strong memories of. But, like, with a name like Rock and Roll Racing, you gotta give it a shot. And then it turns out it's simply not very fun. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. They made a few of these, like, ISO racing games. At least this one, like, it's not like the disappointment that you felt when you rented Super Off-Road. Like, Super Off-Road, it's like, oh, wow, this is just one screen and you're moving a car around on thing. This one, the screen actually, like, you know, it follows your car as you move around a large track. So there's that. But uh, something about these games didn't work for me post, like, RC Pro-Am. Uh, but it makes up for it by having a kick-ass soundtrack. Um, you guys got any personal favorites from the soundtrack of Rock and Roll Racing? You guys are classic rock fellas, so, yeah. I know you're uh, you're all about these classic rock jams that the Fallen's uh, arranged for this. Yeah, so the Sega Genesis version had Radar Love, which is uh, pretty sweet. <sighs> Shit, that is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's a good song. <laughs> Man, that's... Uh, yeah, that's a big Golden oversight Aaron. on my part. Fucking Radar <laughs> Love's timeless. Ouch. Okay, so we... Uh, guys, I'm sorry. We don't have fucking Radar Love tonight. Um, but the good thing is that's because the Genesis version wasn't out yet. This is this has to be the SNES version. Uh, the Genesis version, not out till next year. So we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll play Radar Love sometime next year if this show still happens. Oh, good. Um, um, but- John, as it, as it so happens, my favorite classic rock track is whatever happens to be the first track that you selected for this segment. Well, David, that's just uh, so nice of you to say thank you. Uh, I know that you're a big Steppenwolf guy, uh, and you always have been. So, you know, you're uh, some might say, David, you were born to be wild. Uh, not me, it's though. true. I've known you too long. Um <laughs> Jesse, you got any, uh, besides Radar Love, any favorites on the soundtrack? <laughs> um, I'm always a big fan of Deep Purple or Black Sabbath. Mm, okay, Either good. of those would be great. Uh, good, because I chose both of those. So we got three Hell fantastic yeah. songs from Rock and Roll Racing, composed by Tim and Jeff Fallon. Uh, we've got Born to be Wild, originally by Steppenwolf. We've got Paranoid, originally by Black Sabbath. And then we've got Highway <laughs> Star, originally by Deep Purple. And uh, that is going to do it. So let's uh, let's rock out of this segment. We'll see you guys in 2003.
Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So we've arrived. It's 2003. Uh, June of 2003. We're all out of school for the summer and kicking ass and playing awesome games on, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. We're playing awesome games on our Game Boy Advances. Jesse, David, it's your time to shine. Time oh. to start by going off to war. Very timely for 2003. Uh, Nintendo wasn't afraid to publish a war game when there was a war going on in 2003. So um, let's uh, let's talk about Advanced Wars 2. Um, were you guys, uh, you guys Advanced Warriors, strategy boys back in the day? I did play the first one a bunch, but I don't recall if I did if I picked up the second one or not. Mm, I should say also the subtitle "Black Hole Rising," uh, very <laughs> interesting subtitle for a uh, oh little little war game. That doesn't sound familiar at all. No, so. okay. <laughs> I was going to say like Shut. I I definitely played the first one. Um, I remember being aware of the second, but I did not really enjoy playing the first one <laughs> so i did not pick up the second i understand I first understand out war is hell yeah who knew right right even when it's cute cartoons doing it yeah. uh doing not, it. Ne <laughs> not necessarily enjoyable <laughs> doing it uh you know, doing war that is um ah. turns out war can be unenjoyable even when what done by good for the very cute uh you know i'm not sure what it's good for good god um huh. yeah Thank you. Yeah. Com joke complete. So, uh, Johnny, you obviously, you're the Game Boy Advance guy around here. So you, mm -hmm. you're... You, you know, just said we were. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm, since you guys didn't play it, I have to I assume the responsibility falls to Johnny. You know, he's the war boy. He, uh, you know, he played any system that had a war game on it. It's really his style. Yeah, no. So I never did play Advance Wars 2 Black Hole Rising. I played a lot of the porn parody um, <laughs> Advance Wars 2... <laughs> Go on. rising. <laughs> Finish the joke. <laughs> Can't wait to see what words you swap. Um, you know, the people who don't listen to gems are just just wasting their time. Missing out. Because this show is fucking gold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Really should be supporting the show on Patreon, guys. <laughs> Would you say it's fucking gold or fucking whole? Oh. It's making my whole rise. I um <laughs> So anyway, yeah, uh, no, Johnny, we'll come back to you. I got a couple of Game Boy Advance games that I only can let you talk about. Uh, but right now, we're going to hear two fantastic songs from Advance Wars 2 and composers Taishi Senda and Yoshito Hirano. We've got Hachi's theme and we've got Eagle's theme. Apparently, those are names of people off to war. So, uh, salute. <laughs>
that sounds like war to me. All right, so <laughs> there's a lot of SpongeBob I... impressions flying around during that first song. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I mute that stuff for the actual product, but, you know, Johnny, I'd feel remiss if people didn't hear your SpongeBob impression at some point on this show. <laughs> okay, that is not the imitation that you did, because you did a fucking Popeye imitation of... <laughs> yeah. It was good, though. It was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll upload my audio recording later so you can pull that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's the worst SpongeBob imitation I've ever heard. I do Ring appreciate tones. Advance Wars 2 keeping up with Advance Wars 1 in making a serious wartime game as unserious as possible. Yes, deeply unserious war game. Um, as deeply unserious as the movie War Games. Um, just, uh, man, what a game. Uh, so let's move on to something much more serious than war. Guys. Let's talk about when animals escape a second time. Ape Escape 2. Apes have escaped on your PlayStation 2, guys. It's, uh, it's a big deal. Apes. They're loose. They're cute. And you gotta uh, catch them, I think, with some kind of fancy net. Uh, you know, I didn't really play the Apes Escape games. Them all. You know, man, what if they made a Pokemon game and it was nothing but apes? Um, I would play that. Yeah. I'd be in favor of that. Yes, I would. Name uh, all the Pokemon apes. Man, don't get me started. I'll do it. <laughs> um, Dude, okay, real quick. Just one question that we can solve right now. Hmm. Okay, does the tail rule apply to Pokemon apes? You know how in like the real world, if an ape has a tail, it's not really an ape. It's a monkey. Hmm. So, like... In uh, Pokemon, I feel like there are ape-like apes that also have tails. So is that just something you have to ignore? Or I feel or like in difficult? the case of Pokemon, yes, it could be something you have to ignore because they're monsters. They're not animals. You know, they're pocket monsters. But also, I feel like I would have to look through a list of, you know, and see pictures of these various ape and monkey Pokemon. I feel like they're pretty good about delineating, like, Mankey and Primeape don't have tails. They're just, like, fuzzballs with fists. I'm trying to think of like some other ape ones off the top of my head, and I, I feel like there's not a lot of superfluous tales here. I feel like they might do a pretty good job. But I was going to say, I think Pokemon has the opposite problem, because there are a couple monkey Pokemon that have tails. But most does of, have a tail. Most of the ape Pokemon don't have tails, but Mankey... I don't think has a tail. No, Mankey does, but Primeape does not. Actually, you're right. Mankey does have a little tail down there. He's he's more like a lemur than a than an ape. But really, Mon Mankey has a tail. Yeah, a little, yeah. little, little yeah. curl of a tail. Um, yeah. Well, I, anyway, it's, I want to talk prehensile. about. I want to talk about these apes in Apescape Two because on the, just on the cover of Ape Escape Two, you have an ape with sunglasses and a tie and an Uzi. You've got an ape with a pirate bandana on. You've got a visibly French ape wearing a red and white striped sweater with a mustache. You've got an ape with an afro. You've got an ape with 3D goggles. You've got an ape with a pharaoh's... Uh, what's the thing that a pharaoh wears on their head? One of those things. Uh, How do you know that the ape is French? Is it just because he has a little mustache and a sweater? Because yes. he's visibly kind of French. Racist. Visibly French! <laughs> he's got a... a a little, uh, little mustache and a red and white striped sweater. I've never seen a more French ape in my life. 
Yeah, he uh, beats he, people he, with baguettes. Yeah, he might be in like a singing pose too. I don't know, man. It, it reads French to me. Um, you know, I, I might be wildly off base. Apologies to our French listeners. French coded. Yes, God. He's coded French. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, these apes in Ape Escape, more interesting to me than the apes of Pokemon. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's fun where you have to run around a cute, colorful world and catch apes using a, using a net and some other stuff. I think you get like a stun gun and uh, probably some guns that shoot like, you know, water. And, you know, I'm, I'm betting this one has like probably like a drone or a robot or something you can control. It's, it's PlayStation 2. They're stepping up their ape game. And then eventually these apes show up in Metal Gear Solid 3 and it's even better. So, you know, I love the apes. Good apes. Um, I guess none of you guys have real, uh, real ape experience. Johnny, your wife's a you know, zookeeper and you probably have nothing to contribute to the ape discussion. Um, I mean, I've seen them at the zoo. So, uh, yeah. Do they have <laughs> little sirens on their head that go off when people notice them? No, they don't have that. Uh, no. they thing, um, they've come close. Orangutans in particular are like extremely <laughs> intelligent. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, they, they will figure out how to like reach around and start like undoing bolts on things. Like they are good. Ooh, ever, they know what they're doing. Uh-huh. You ever see one walking out and you guys are like, oh, we got you. Yeah. And he's like the shrugs and goes, oh, and then he walks back in and <laughs> like, oh, he walks on his hands back to his cage. Ah, oh, man, not today. <laughs> Not today, oh, society. You little yeah, you you found me. Uh, that would be great. Ah, man, I wish all zoo animals were just constantly trying to escape and I don't know, friendly to it's humans. It's like a Hogan's <laughs> Heroes episode. Yeah, exactly. It's just some wacky zoo shit, like Ape Escape Two. Less Nazis, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't see a Nazi ape in this, so that's good. Uh, you know, Ape Escape Two, as far as I can tell from my uh, my cursory research, Nazi free. So that's good. And what's also good is the soundtrack. We've got two fantastic songs from Ape Escape 2 and composer Koji Hayama. We've got Liberty Island. It sounds like the, the apes have made it to the Statue of Liberty. And we've got the fantastic title that I feel weird even saying, Viva Ape Spania. Uh, I believe that is a play on Viva España. So apparently these apes have made it to Spain and they've taken it over and named it Ape Spania. So... Let us hear how it's going over there in old Europe full of apes. Your ape, if, if you will.
All right, so it's clear the apes have taken over Spain and uh, just pretty much done Vega's stage from Street Fighter 2. Uh, good, man. Th- you know, what classy, uh, you know, just fantastic apes. Uh, God, imagine a Street Fighter 2, but they're all apes. I mean, I'm into it. Yeah, God. I play the shit out of that Honestly, game. I'm, I'm in favor of more games that are just what if blank but apes. Like, I see no issue with this. It's, uh, you know, it sounds great. Ape fighter. You know, Pokemon apes. Fucking, you know, Super Mario ape bros. I'm, I'd be into all of it. It's, uh, yeah, apes are great. I'm a big fan. Rock and roll, rock and, rock and roll ape ape. <laughs> yeah, God, it really no. took some work for you to get that out. <laughs> You're so excited to make that joke. <laughs> Imagine. Things could have went south for you too if you the, your letters to rock and roll aping. Um, <laughs> good, um, good save there, Johnny. So let's talk about some games. Like I said, Johnny, I got some games for you for the Game Boy Advance that it would be cool if they featured apes, but they might just be cool enough on their own. I want to know, Johnny, did you even know that they, for some reason, made a version of Jet Set Radio for Game Boy Advance? <laughs> <laughs> for some reason because they did <laughs> oh my god how, how i don't know i thought you would it, know is it okay okay it, so you're asking like how did they do this i i'm more than happy to explain imagine jet set radio but it's on the game boy advance right imagine jet set radio but it's more like rock and roll racing um, it's more of an isometric game, and instead of, uh, you know, I don't know, racing around a, th- uh, go- skating around a 3D city spray painting things, you're doing rock and roll racing around a isometric city and collecting spray cans. It's, it's pretty much the same game as before, John. Okay. Well, no, I was curious, because, like, they had that, um... They had the uh, uh, Crazy Taxi port for Game Boy Advance where they mm-hmm. attempted to replicate 3D, Jesus. and it was terrible. Yeah, no, th- I think th- I think this game lends itself much better to being a Dreamcast port on the Game Boy Advance. I still don't think it came out well, but, like, there's at least a basis for, like, this graphical style being used for, like, uh, you know, like, I'm thinking, like, on the NES, like, you know, ska- uh, skateboarding games, like 720 and shit. Like, it's not unheard well, of to have, they- you know, extreme sports games in an isometric setting. They did make a really good Tony Hawk game for the Game Boy Advance. See? Yes. So, there's that, so too. So it's not out of the question. But did Sega make it? N- no. Yeah. That's... Well, so I'm actually looking this up now. It says that the Game Boy Advance was made by Vicarious Visions, who did the Tony Hawk Pro Skater d oh, on okay. Game Boy so Advance. Cool. Son of a bitch. Maybe these games are really good. <laughs> Johnny, I think, you know, you can be the one to judge it. You, you or Jesse should boot this up and, you know, I'm not saying stream it, but like, find or, out if it's good. It could be part of our game club if well, we ever have one. It could, yes. We could all do <laughs> fucking in the future of Game That Tune Game Club. Yes, we'll start with Jet Set Radio Advance. That'll really hook them. Um, that'll get people <laughs> playing with us. Uh, you know, it's got, man, I'm looking at the review scores. It's got okay scores. A couple of things gave it a pretty bad score. Edge Magazine gave it four out of ten. Uh, but everything else gave it, like, you know, at least three out of five stars. I'm seeing some sevens and eights here. Guys, this might secretly wow. be a good game. Cool. You know what it's not? 
secretly a great soundtrack because they took all the music from Jet Set Radio and put it into the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> oh boy. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry to do this to everybody. But we've got two fantastic songs from Jet Set Radio Advance and composer Hideki Naganuma and Game Boy Advance sound programmer Manfred Linsner. Uh, thank you, Manfred, for compressing Hideki's work for this fucking system. We've got two fantastic songs from Jet Set Radio. We've got Let Mom Sleep, and then we've got Everybody Jump Around. So brace your ears. <laughs>
All right, so I pulled a bit of a fast one on you guys. The soundtrack's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, I was going to say, you know, it's better than I expected. Yeah. Could have been worse. I am not, like, gouging my ears out listening to it. That's important. That's an important thing to say when listening to a soundtrack on the Game Boy Advance. Um, you know, compressed to all hell, but not, not bad. Um, so, speaking of other games uh, on the Game Boy Advance that I'm teasing Johnny with, uh, maybe this one has a worse soundtrack, because it's also... A uh, sequel or a port of a Dreamcast game for some reason. The, it was a big month for Dreamcast games making it to Game Boy Advance. Uh, this one, more obscure, less well-loved than Jet Set Radio. Johnny, it's Space Channel 5, Ooh Cosmic Attack for the Game Boy Ooh. Advance. Ooh la la. I, <laughs> I do love Space Channel 5 on the Dreamcast. That game is uh, I, I, quite fun, quite silly. Could it be and a Game Boy Advance game that is quite fun and quite silly? I I think so, because it's really just a timing game of you hitting buttons, you know, the sequence of buttons, uh, like a, a, what's it called, like a Simon Says style game. Sure. Um, they tell you exactly what to do, and you just got to do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, and the original Dreamcast game, I think, only used a few buttons. It was like the directions, and I think like B and A. So you got that covered on the Game Boy Advance. Sure, yeah, that's all you have covered on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> um, I just yeah, I find it so weird that they were pushing Dreamcast games over to Game Boy Advance. I I don't know. It's uh, it's a strange thing. So you know, Space Channel Five. You're saying it was like a was it a rhythm game or was it like uh, yeah, like a Simon Says with rhythm kind of game? Okay, right. So it wasn't like um, DDR or like uh, like American Idol. It's more like something you watch somebody do something and then replicate it yourself. Exactly. Okay. It's not like a flow based thing. It's not, you know, interesting. Um, You know, I still just, I don't know. I have a hard time picturing it on Game Boy Advance, mostly because this game's so fucking obscure. You can't Google images of this fucking game on Game Boy Advance. It's very difficult to find. Uh, you know, an image larger than a postage stamp to judge what this fucking game's about. But uh, it seems like it could be, I don't know, neck and neck with uh, with Jet Set Radio is unexpectedly good Game Boy Advance ports. Johnny, we're going to have to figure this out. We might have to do, for the first two months of Game, <laughs> game That Tunes Game Club, uh, Dreamcast <laughs> games on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, I know your game. Uh, I know you have copies yeah. of this just laying around. You can distribute this to everybody in the game club. Um, <laughs> Gotta do the real science. Yes. You know, answer the hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, so we've got two fantastic songs. from. I have one question. I have oh. one question about this game. Please. Does it have Space Michael? Because <laughs> uh, Space Michael in the first game was a, a hell of a cameo. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big get. Um, I'm <laughs> guessing no. Uh, you know, just because. Um, I feel like he was once again embroiled in controversy by this time. And I was going to say, when was this game released? Oh, three, baby. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, if you had asked me that about the Dreamcast, when I would have said, no, there's no way they put Michael Jackson in a 1999 game. No, that they wouldn't have done that, but they did. So I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> what a, what a strange, strange time company game. Strange everything, quite frankly. Space Channel 5. So we got two fantastic songs from Space Channel 5, Ooh La La's Cosmic Attack, and composer Sutomu Fuzawa. Uh, I've got a once again fantastically tagged soundtrack. So I've got Background Music 9 and Background Music 13 from Space Channel 5. So uh, Johnny, try to keep up with this rhythm. (laughs) 
Johnny, you're making faces. You're not loving that MIDI piano and that Brad Garrett fucking, uh, you know, I don't know, mouth beat they got going in that last song? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I love the Brad Garrett mouth beat in the original <laughs> version of that song on the Dreamcast. <laughs> these uh, these D-Makes are just, oh, God. It's like hearing the Sega Genesis uh, or the Sonic Advance Genesis, whatever that, you know, that shitty Sonic the Hedgehog board for, for Game Boy Advance. Ah. With the terrible versions of the music, it's like that all over again for me. Okay. Oh, damn. So it's not working for him. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that to you. I kind of meant to do it to you. I figured this was coming, but uh, you know, can't win them all. Um, man, what a uh, what an unexpected weird game. So speaking of weird games, uh, you know, we recently featured a somewhat weird game starring a somewhat weird character on last month's game that tuned gems. Of course, one of the big games was WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games uh, on the Game Boy Advance. But now it's time for a different Wario game. Not a WarioWare game, but a Wario game on the GameCube. Uh, Wario World. Uh, a, uh, a Wario adventure game, I guess, in the style of the Wario Land games previously on Game Boy systems. Now you've got Wario World in glorious GameCube graphics. This seems like a David game. David, did you play Wario World? I did. Wario World was a lot of fun. Yeah? Um, and one of the things that I think made it a lot of fun is this is a, it's an action-adventure platformer, but it's in 3D, so it's like a 3D beat-em-up where you're just Wario pounding the shit out of enemies. Yeah. Made by Treasure. Like... It's actually really fun. Wait a minute, David. Why do I know the name Treasure? What else do they do? They, was that Mischief Makers? Uh, I don't recall if it was Mischief Makers, but it was definitely Gunstar Heroes. Okay, yeah. I think same company. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's surprisingly fun. Um, and yeah, you're just Wario. You're going around. You're grabbing things. You're shaking things. You're punching things. Like... It's just a fun little, like, let's let's make a 3D Wario game. Okay, well, you know, 3D Mario is all about exploring and uh, collecting. What's Wario going to do? Just pound the shit out of things. Okay, yeah. Okay, Sweet. let's do it. Yeah, Wario's about that life, man. Big fists, you know, talks a, talks a big game and backs it up, man. Uh, I like it. I never played it. You know, this uh, this was actually one of the first games that I can recall having my interest in it really affected by a like a review that I read. I feel bad for not playing this. I want to you know find a copy of this and play it. But I recall at the time seeing something that said this game is very short, and I was never able to rent the game, and I was never going to buy the game because I had read something on fucking like you know two thousand three IGN. Saying like, oh yeah, you know, you can beat this game in like four hours. And my brain at that time said, hmm, no, I'm not going to buy that. And I never got the chance to rent it. And then here we are 20 years later and I've never played it. And I feel bad for having not played it because Wario uh, is cool. And weird 3D adventure games are cool. I need to need to find a way, man. David, send me your copy. All right. You've got, we've got a couple extras. Okay, good. He's gone. Phew. So we've got two fantastic songs from the WarioWare soundtrack, or excuse me, not WarioWare, geez, Wario World uh, on the GameCube. I assume David's coming back at some point. Uh, from composers Minako Himano and Norio Hansawa. There's that treasure man. Uh, we've got the Greenhorn Ruins, and we've got Red Brief Jay's Showdown. So sounds like you're fighting a superhero as Wario, and 
frankly, I'm into that. So let's hear some Wario World tunes.
know, I would say aggressively weird tunes because it's a WarioWare game, but now that I remember who Treasure are and who Norio Hanzawa is, career treasure composer guy who makes slightly off-putting video game music uh, with a little bit of interesting panache behind it. No, that's, uh, man, that's that's treasure music, all right. WarioWare and treasure. Uh, just thing, things that go together like the chocolate and peanut butter. Um, frankly, it makes too much sense. Wario's super greedy and he has a company making his game co- called Treasure. Come on. It's too, uh, it's too much. The synergy. Right? How absurd. Um, so moving on finally to another GameCube game. Uh, one that I'm hoping maybe Jesse and David put some more time into. Johnny, I have no faith in you for this. Uh, and that's okay. Cause Johnny, you don't have to have played this. It's Mega Man. Network transmission. Uh, Basically, if I'm understanding this right, the Mega Man Battle Network games for the Game Boy Advance, uh, but on the GameCube. Is that a a David and Jesse type of game? Um, You know, I did want to play this game, but it's basically the same characters from Battle Network, Mm. but it plays more like an actual Mega Man game. So it's not like the... The Battle Network games where you have like the nine by or was it three by three grids and you're like, you know, trying to dodge attacks. and It's kind of like RPG where you have like uh, all these chips you collect and stuff. This is more straight up, you know, go fight the bosses, get the powers and use the powers on other bosses. Damn. I wish I had known that. that universe. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I didn't play this, but as I understand it, it's a Mega Man game starring Battle Network characters. Like, okay. it's much more of the... Well, I guess at this point it was 2.5D, but yeah, it was a 2D platformer, but with Battle Network. Son of a bitch. I did not know that. I thought this was just, a, you know, the Battle Network style game, but made for GameCube. I, uh... Man, now, I'm, you know, this is two games in this segment. I'm ashamed that I didn't play. I would have been into this. Like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about Battle Network, but, like, uh, I like Mega Man style games. I should have played this. Well, you know, what a fool I've been. Um, hmm. You really fucked up, John. Yeah, I know, man. If I could go back 20 Seriously, years. Seriously, way to fucking go. Go back 20 years and slap myself in the face and be like, grab WarioWare and Mega Man Battle Network or Network Transmission, you idiot. Uh, yeah, that would be the only changes I would make. My life has been pretty great, but I would have played these two games. <laughs> I was say, if you could go back to yourself at that young age, what would you say? Play Wario World yeah. and Mega Man Battle Network you transmission. <laughs> yeah, you're going to regret it. Not playing those games. We're going to have two real awkward segments on yeah. a Patreon-only podcast. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. Me with a uh, pathetic mustache, but I have a few questions. What is a podcast? What's Patreon? <laughs> um, and Should know, I... not even the question <laughs> of how'd you get here. <laughs> the important thing is, what the fuck? This is all the advice you have for me? <laughs> I almost said something that you were going to need to edit out of the show. Oh, okay. Jeez. Uh, thank goodness for that. Um, but yeah, so wow, I am you know, man. Today I learned Mega Man Network Transmission, a game I would have enjoyed back then. Uh, god, I've you know, I must have been too online. It was 2003, I was reading too much shit, or not enough shit in this case. Nobody told me what this was, so <laughs> damn you, internet. Um, and it's extra crazy because also, you know, like I said, I was gonna try to shout out more uh, games that were not featuring on the segments. They also came out with a Battle Network game for Game Boy Advance this month, so they were really hitting Mega Man Battle Network stuff hard. 
Uh, so we didn't feature Battle Network 3, but we've got Network Transmission. And it's going to be the closeout for this segment. So we got three fantastic songs from uh, Mega Man Network Transmission on the GameCube. Uh, and of course, from composers Shinji Hosoe, Ayako Sasso, and Yosuke Yasui. We've got Electric Town Cyberspace. We've got Dream Virus R. And, you know, when I see this title in the, uh, the list of Mega Man tunes, I just can't resist it. We've got Versus Zero, presumably a very cool song from uh, a Mega Man game. And that's going to do it for 2003. So we'll see you guys on the other side. We'll be right back. 
Mm. Man, clearly I missed out with something on that Mega Man, uh, Mega Man series. So, uh, let's see if we can do uh, do better on games that we've all played for this segment. I'm kidding, man. It's the 2013 segment, and man, what a month of uh, interesting little releases. Uh, you know, this time I'm going to go up front and tell you the games that we didn't feature in this segment, just so we can get it out of the way. Uh, Tekken Revolution on the PlayStation 3. Free-to-play Tekken? Didn't feature it. Deadpool on the PlayStation 3. Maybe should have featured it. He's a kind of popular character these days. Uh, if his new movie ever gets finished. Uh, a game called Remember Me, also on the PlayStation 3. I don't remember you. Uh, a very, uh, prominent game called <laughs> The Last of Us on the PlayStation 3. You know? Never heard of it. You ever, you ever see a game that you never want to see again? Uh, you know, The Last of Us is that game. Like, what a what a important game that came out that I'm not going to feature on our uh, video game music show. And then uh, the last one, New Super Luigi U. It's the year of Luigi, but there's no new tunes in that one, so we're not featuring it. So let's uh, let's set all that aside and move on to a game that I'm confident was featured at some point on Game That Tune. Whether or not that means anybody actually played it, uh, we'll see. I feel like it might be a Jesse game. Jesse, what do you know of Rogue Legacy? Oh, this game's pretty cool. It's a, like a roguelike type game. And so, like, when you go through the, the castle um, and you end up dying because it's a fucking hard-ass roguelike, uh, you pick your next character, and your next character is someone in your family tree. Mm. And they have, like, a weird bloodline and, like, uh, sometimes they have like weird genetics, like uh, um, maybe they jump further, or uh, maybe they uh, uh, can carry more than one weapon, or sometimes it's like real goofy stuff, like uh, um, every time you open treasure, you scream real excited, um, <laughs> or like um, maybe your character farts sometimes, or maybe your character is colorblind, so the whole game turns into like a black and white game, hmm. and um, it's it's a really fun game. Uh, it's uh, it was pretty. I'd say it's fairly important for the whole like rogue scene getting um, more popular around this time um kind of did take off in this last 10 years was, or so didn't it it was like uh this and like the binding of isaac mm. and and like games like that were really getting people into this hey it's kind of fun to die and keep playing a game over and over again and you know um this one psychopaths and it was fun yeah <laughs> insane I mean, it was people. cool because every time you played it was different because you know either your character was different and sometimes they were different in like a really cool way or sometimes they were different in a really fucked up way and you could like challenge yourself or or just okay this is going to be my goofy run where i just you know get a bunch of gold and then save up for when i die i can you know get some better weapons with the next guy no it's pretty sweet man it's it's a fun twist on it because i mean uh one of the things i've discovered playing only a few you know roguelike games is that, I don't know, it kind of wears out on me if I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. So throwing some little twists in there each time you do it, good way to freshen it up. And, yep. you know, I mean a twist greater than everything is randomized. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, there's already that twist. But, what you know, what about a, what about a more fun twist? Uh, or, you know, more frustrating twist? I don't know. Sounds uh, sounds fun. But uh, let's uh, let's just hit some tunes on it. We've got two fantastic songs from Rogue Legacy. And the uh, 
well, remarkably named co- uh, composers Gordon McGlattery and Judson Cowan. Um, you know, we got classic, you know, Gordon Judson team up. Uh, we've got Trilobite and we've got Broadside of the Broadsword from Rogue Legacy.
right, so yeah, uh, man, know nothing about the game, but uh, man, that soundtrack kind of fucks. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. It goes yeah. places. I'm uh, glad we featured that. Glad I heard that. Good tunes. Um, good dungeon music. So, David, you had a lot to say about Wario in the last segment. Uh, so let me challenge you once again to talk about Wario. It's 2013. It's June. What Wario game is coming out? That is an excellent question. I believe that <laughs> you have the answer for. I do. It's time to dust off your Wii U gamepad and play Game and Wario. All right. <laughs> this game that absolutely exists. This this was a thing that happened. Right. Remember how WarioWare? Remember how WarioWare had like ninety micro games? What if they did WarioWare, but it had five? Uh, non-micro games. What if it was just, you know, the really poorly conceived Wii U Wario game? <laughs> well, I... Okay, so I confess. I have not played Game & Wario. Oh, no. Mainly because I was surprised at WarioWare, the, the series that was, let's throw a bunch of five-second micro games at you and add in gyro controls and touch controls and twist controls and all that here comes the wii u gamepad and they're trying to sell it as this unique mechanic all these different things you can do like in nintendo land control it with the touch screen control it with the gyro controls asymmetric gaming all that kind of stuff and then they're like hey here's a wario game with five mini games yep Enjoy. Yeah, okay, so I might have over exaggerated. It's not five. It turns out there are 16 games in Game and Wario. Still, uh, an upsetting number compared to what we got used to with the uh, Wario uh, games, which I guess, you know, it's on us for that expectation. This isn't WarioWare. This is Game and Wario. You know, Nintendo really doing a fantastic job of making uh, games seem so appealing on that Wii U. You know, instead of a new WarioWare game, how about a game that references Game & Watch games <laughs> and Wario games at the same time? It's just a bafflingly conceived game. I, you know, I... I... Well, again, I, I would be perfectly fine with combining Game & Watch games with the WarioWare franchise. If yeah. you look at those Game & Watch collections, because those each have, like... 20 25 games each do they? and this okay. had fewer than that yeah, so less so than I was that. Like, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah no it's uh they, they don't seem awesome uh which is a shame because i feel like you know i don't know they should be uh, that's what it is okay so uh there's uh 16 total mini games and only four of the games are multiplayer. That's another thing about this. It's not really a great like party game like the WarioWare games were either. So it's a it's a collection of about 10 single player mini games, four multiplayer mini games, uh and then something with Meverse connectivity and you know, no man, what a mess. Um Can, there's something we haven't brought up yet. Hmm. The promotional campaign that Nintendo did by starting a website called Crowdfarter. That was a sort of like a Kickstarter parody uh, meant to promote Wario, a game in Wario. Uh, and instead of raising money, you, I think, like got 
likes and tweets or whatever. Hmm. I'm very disappointed that they went they went and made a website called Crowdfarter and they didn't make it that you're getting farts. Right. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Hmm. This is I, just all like man, just so just bad decision all around from Nintendo. What are they doing? I do remember the the one thing I was intrigued about most was the like nine volt game because nine volt sections of WarioWare was always where you got the like Nintendo references and I was always curious about that and that's where it was I think it was called Gamer where the whole idea was like you were playing games on the gamepad but you had to hide it when your mom came in on the TV and that's where the stage in Smash Brothers came from and I was like wait hang on one of the games that they're advertising is stop playing games <laughs> like hide it from your parents the game uh, that seems a little bit like mm, yeah. i don't know about that cute idea but maybe not i don't know man it's uh you know i'm sure it's interesting as all things on the wii u were it seems like just a you know an interesting mess of a game like you know trying to sell people on that gamepad and the possibilities of weird motion control stuff is so much of a more tall order than it was on the Wii. Like, it's just, you know, oh yeah, you can like, you know, you're playing as a pirate and you got to hold the gamepad up in front of your face to block like incoming projectiles. No, that's not fun. What are you thinking? Like, you know, God, you know, people just wanted Wii sports again. (laughs) Like, you know, like don't, I don't know. Or they, you know, it, this it's like it's either not fun enough or it's not weird enough like you know the you know just a it's just a weird game all around um as most things were on the Wii U so let's hear two songs let's hear two awesome songs from uh, game and wario uh do i have a list of composers this one was you know all jack yeah i do have composers from composers uh yasuhisa baba masanobu matsunaga takeru kanazaki oh my god i have too many composers hiroki morishita sho murakami and yoshido sekigawa we've got two awesome songs from game and wario we've got arrow and we've got jump and i feel like there should be more info on those tracks but let's just hear them and not talk about wii u games anymore <laughs> Thank you. 
man, you know, I talked a lot of trash about Norio Hanzawa and his Wario World soundtrack last segment, but that, uh, man, that might have been worse. What a mistake I've made. Um, man, what a mistake. The Wii U. So, uh, let's move on from the Wii U to a system that wasn't a mistake, ultimately. Um, let's talk about 3DS games, David. Let's talk about, uh, three 3DS games to close out the show. Let's start with the one that I'm betting you didn't play. Talking about a sick-ass crossover featuring characters from a number of different series showing up in one game. Uh, Johnny, be taking notes, because I know you still own that 3DS. You could play this game. Uh, a little game called Project Cross Zone. Project X, excuse me, Project X Zone. Uh, but it's pronounced cross if, you, if you're talking in, you know, Japan. So, Project Cross Zone. Um, Isn't that that Aerosmith arcade game? No. That was that was Revolution Cross. Oh, uh, that's what I'm thinking. You fool, of. Johnny. Uh, David or Isn't Jesse? Isn't that sequel to that Akira Toriyama SNES RPG? No, that's Chrono Cross. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yes, yeah, you're thinking of Chrono X. Um, this was a tactical RPG featuring characters from Namco, Sega, and Capcom. That's right. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, guys. <laughs> we finally wore him Act out, like man. like you played a video game. I'm, you know, I'm upset with myself that I didn't play this. I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos of it because, I don't know, I, I don't care much for tactical role-playing games, but I care for uh, games that have weird character interactions and, like, splashy, crazy attacks and stuff. I watched, yeah, like, that's a, this game. I watched a compilation of all the crazy, splashy attacks that happened in this game. It's a wild fucking game. Um, so, Jesse, did you actually play it at some point? I played a little bit of it. Um, it's, it's fun. I would say it's overwhelming. Yes. Because there's a lot going on. And, like, if you haven't planned your Saturday good enough or you have other stuff you want to do, maybe not play this game right away, you know? No. Word. So, it's it's a cool idea. I love crossovers as much as the next guy. Yeah. I played it's the demo. Idea, That's what I'm thinking of. I, I definitely played yeah. this at some point. I played the demo, and then I was like, oh, no, I'm not buying that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll watch a video of the cool things that happen in this game, but no, I'm not going to. Not gonna play that, but like even just looking at the fucking cover art, it's like, oh wow, there's uh, you got some interesting fucking characters potentially crossing over here. You got you know fucking Street Fighter guys, Tekken guys, you got you know Devil May Cry and Resident Evil and fucking Mega Man, fucking Oolala from Space Channel Five is on the cover of this game, Johnny. It's like Frank Ooh. West in it too. Uh, yeah, you know a lot of He's... weird fucking characters make it into this game. <laughs> I think Frank West is actually in the sequel. Mm. Um. Because I remember they did make a sequel to this, and I thought it was really funny because they paired up Frank West. Because they pair up characters, and Frank West, since he's from Dead Rising and fighting a bunch of zombies, they pair him up with um, Shenko from Darkstalkers. I was right. like, okay, that's kind of a cute reference. Yep. They do a good job of coming up with uh, interesting pairings from these various series. Yeah, they're, you know, it's crazy looking down the list of things that are, you know, characters that are in this. Like, they pair up Dante uh, and uh, from Devil May Cry with fucking Dimitri from Darkstalkers. Uh, fucking, you get uh, Chun Li and Morrigan. Uh, you know, just too, you know, team too hot to handle. Actually, uh, David Frank West is in this game. It's Frank West and Hashenko. Um, oh, okay, my mistake. Fucking 
I'm trying to think of, you know, I'm trying to read the list of who else they got here. It's a lot of it's just the it's two characters from the same game. And then they encounter other things. But I like those ones that are crossover teams. You know, it's it's like, man, who do you want to play as? You know, Chun Li and Morgan or Ryu and Ken? No, I want you know, I want the characters that are crossing over. Don't don't make the team Ryu and Ken. You know, they're in a game together. Put them with the other characters. Find those, a, they're the same character. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the least inspired team of this whole thing. You know, give I'm me, on the same give me Ryu and fucking Chris from Resident Evil. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you can get him as a playable character or if he's like a partner or an assist, but they do have Taizo Hori from Dig Dug and they make him like swole anime version of Taizo Hori from Dig Dug and oh, it's pretty rad. fucking great. That's really funny. But yeah, it should be, you know, frankly, looking down this list of, you know, crossover characters, it's like. Yeah, these should be more crossed over than they already are. It, you know, if you're going to put this many weird characters into a game, make sure they're doing weird shit the whole time. But yeah, uh, interesting series. Like, uh, you know, a gameplay that I did not find terribly fun, but there are a lot of enjoyably weird things and cool things that happen in the games. Uh, so yeah, maybe uh, maybe cross uh, Project Cross Zone due for a, a revisit at some point. I've still got that demo downloaded. I think I got a few plays left on my 3DS. So we got two fantastic songs from Project Cross Zone and the uh, composing team simply named Salamander Factory. You got to love that sound team. Uh, we've got Jen Kazama's theme from Tekken. And like I said, I can't resist it when I see it in a, in a song list. We've got Zero from Mega Man X. So let's hear some uh, Project Cross Zone rock.
I can't resist it. Can't resist that rock. Um, yeah, Zero is one of those guys. Good theme. Good tunes. Uh, it's funny. Is, wait, is Zero even in the game? Surely he is. Yeah, he's in. He, he, they paired him up with X. I was gonna say you can play as <laughs> X and Zero. Yeah. No, it should have been fucking. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. X and fucking like. Uh, Maybe X on his own, and then pair a fucking zero with like Elisa Boskanovich from fucking Tekken. You know, two robots that don't understand what they were made for. Do that. Um, I was going to say maybe zero with like Metal Sonic. Ooh, uh, Ooh, that would also be good. I don't think Sonic's in this one. Um, that's uh, that's the next one, David. Yeah, no, uh, no Sonic representation in this one. So, geez, you're uh, you're overstepping. But we'll get back to that maybe in the sequel. So, David, let's talk about a 3DS game that I'm confident that you did play. Um, because it's a sequel to a 3DS game that I'm also confident you played. A uh, little game called Mighty Switch Force, in this case, 2. I did play this game. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of this game. Um, I really liked... Well, I really liked both of the Mighty Switch Force games because... Uh, this this was mentioned earlier, like a lot of times sequels just kind of do the same thing. Um, and this game didn't do that. It really shook it up because in the first game, you are a police officer um, trying to capture a couple criminals while doing like block puzzles in three dimensions. And this game, you switch to a firefighter. So you're trying to put out fires and rescue people. Mm. Um and it, it did really creative puzzle things where you could like pump your water into tubing, basically. Um, but the, the main hook is fading blocks in and out of the background and foreground. So you had to like make sure that the blocks were in the right spot to get the water through. And it, it added a level to the puzzles. And yeah, it was, it was a really fun little game. Good. I'm you know glad this is why you're here, David, because you know I uh, you know I don't want it to be the segment where I dump on the Mighty Switch Force series. I yeah you know, I didn't it didn't grab me, but I know it grabbed you, and I uh, I have to feature it because it's got a fantastic soundtrack. But like the gameplay just didn't hook me, so yeah you know, it might just not be the series for me. But I'm glad that uh glad that it is a series for you. Have they done anything with this since? Does you know? They did actually make a, it's not Mighty Switch Force 3, but they made a, I think it was called like Mighty Switch Force Academy or something along those lines where basically it was a prequel. So you follow the main character who's a like cybernetic woman uh, named Patricia Wagon in like police school mm. um, to become a police officer. I know there was a lot of talk amongst fans about making a mighty switch force three, where she went into like a medical field. So she became kind of like a EMT trying mm. to rescue people. Cause you do like police, then fire and then ambulance basically. Sure, yeah. Um, All games but, with, you know, public services. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hmm. far they, they haven't continued the series. Like they've continued this series by making another game, but they haven't progressed the series, I guess right. is the way to say it. Do you find it odd that we're here six years after the launch of the Nintendo Switch and they have not made a new game in the Mighty Switch Force series exclusive to the Nintendo Switch? It really seems to write itself and they haven't done they, it. 
they did port the games and they made the the switch like an emphasis in the title okay. um but There's yeah the show. fact that they they have not made mighty switch force three yeah. for the nintendo switch i mean that's just teed up right seriously mighty switchest force like you know just super switch game it, 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 the, the word switch is in the title how many fucking games have switch in the title uh, and how many games that people like are asking for a sequel to have fucking Switch in the title? Come on. Um, it really, you know, it, Nintendo should have just written them a blank check and <laughs> been like, here, you know, we need a need an eShop killer. You need to fucking, you know, need to bring in the new Mighty Switch Force for us. But, oh, well, they didn't. So we'll have to live with these tunes for now. We got three fantastic songs from Mighty Switch Force 2. Uh, and composer who? Jake Kaufman. That's right. Another fantastic Jake Kaufman soundtrack for my Switch Force game. Uh, we've got, like I said, three songs. We've got Exothermic. We've got The Afterblaze. And, you know, it's one of the most requested songs on Game That Tune Radio. It's kind of an undeniable bop classic. You just can't talk about Mighty Switch Force 2 without playing the credits theme, Rescue Girl, the uh, hot disco track. It's just, uh, you know, I, I hate to be, you know, basic bitches with our show, but like it, some tracks are simply undeniable. So let's hear three fantastic songs from Mighty Switch Force 2.
God, I love that song. It's just too good, man. I, you know, like I, I don't like songs that get played out. That song has definitely been played out on Game That Tune Radio, but I don't mind. It's just too good. It's a damn bop. It's undeniable. How absurd the bop that that song is. Um, man, good, good song. Good tunes. So let's close out with another 3DS game. It's, uh, you know, I would say more popular than Project X Zone and Mighty Switch Force 2 combined. Uh, and that is one of the best-selling 3DS games of all time. And, uh, you know, part of a beloved series that has only gotten more popular in the ensuing years. Um, I'm talking, of course, about Animal Crossing. And this time we're turning over a new leaf here, fellas. Johnny, you, of course, as the most recent 3DS owner, have started your journey into Animal Crossing. You're also the most recent Switch owner. How, how much Animal Crossing experience do you have at this point, John? Um, I mean... All the time while I'm driving, I see Animal Crossing signs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, deer crossing and things like that. Yes. Uh, oh, damn it. But as far as Animal Crossing on my game consoles, no, I don't I don't recall seeing a lot of games with, like, deer crossing signs and things no. like that in them. No, they made that one game about that frog that was uh, trying to cross the road, but they haven't made a new one of those in quite some time. Frog crossing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crossy frog. Um <laughs> But no, this this game is not in any way about animals trying to cross a road. There's very few roads in these games, actually. No, you know, uh, in Japan it was called Animal Forest, uh, roughly translated. Um, but no, it's a it's a game in which you uh, move into a little town and you live a cute little simulated life with animals as your neighbors. Uh, you haven't bothered playing these, huh, Johnny. That's uh, that strikes me as odd. I feel like you're a big time, real time life sim playing guy. You just uh. Yeah. I, I, I got know. a house, man, with stuff to do. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't need to simulate that. Yeah, I can do real stuff. Uh, no, I, as I've gotten older, I've understood that. And yet I've still been drawn to this series. Um, <laughs> so, David, you probably got a couple thousand hours in New Leaf at this point, right? So the only reason I stopped playing New Leaf is because New Horizons on the Switch came out. Um, and... <laughs> Honestly, if it were not for that, I'd still be playing New Leaf. Cool. So um, you, you put seven I, years into this game. <laughs> I put a lot of time into this game. And I remember, um, I think it was actually my wife was like looking at my 3DS and like amazed at how many hours. So like, well, it's like 20 to 30 minutes a day for seven plus years. Yeah, exactly. I got to train. That right. adds up after a while. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when you look um, <laughs> at it like that, when you spread it over the course of seven years, it's not so crazy. You, know, you just you, you do a pop in, you check in with your little town, man. Yeah, there's there's just something about this series that I love, and the the portable games more so than the console games. Because yeah, I played it on GameCube, but the DS, the 3DS, the Switch versions, like they kind of grab me more because I like when you can just check in on the go. Mm. Like that just makes it easier for me. I think it helps um, also the games have all gotten a lot better since the GameCube. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, you should cite the Wii, the city folk, you know, that, that also, you know, it wasn't so hot. You know, the, the DS, 3DS and fucking switch ones, uh, kick city folks ass. But, uh, mm. 
and I, I think it goes back to the like the lead designer for the series whose name I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sorry to say like animal. They specifically made the series because they were feeling homesick and wanted to get that sense of like community together. And I think they really nailed it. And yeah, there's just, there's something about coming out of your house and like walking to the store. And then all of a sudden there's a rhino who's just super happy to see you and runs up to tell you like, Hey, I found this shirt and I thought of you take it. Like it's such a charming, wonderful little series. And yeah, I played the hell out of new leaf. Mm. Yeah. So Johnny it's, you know, in the games again, your wife does zookeeping. So like when a rhino walks up to you and offers you a shirt in the game, it's not like a scary encounter. Not like it is at the zoo when that happens, just so you know. Like, it's a, it's a charming well, and cute game in which you can talk to the animals and accept gifts from them. Yeah, if, if a rhino came up to me and offered me a shirt at the zoo, like, it wouldn't be necessarily the rhinos coming up to me, because they're usually actually pretty gentle things. Um, it'd be the fact that it's able to talk would be the really concerning part. <laughs> that's the upsetting thing. That's that's the deal breaker, huh? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Rhinos yeah, have the capacity cl- for giving. It's the talking that's the problem. <laughs> I guess I should clarify. I I should have done a better example. Uh, Johnny, to put this more into like you and your wife's wheelhouse, when an alligator comes running at me, I'm excited and happy about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not terrified. (laughs) It's good. Yeah, it's good for that. It's good to teach people not to be afraid of dangerous animals. That's the main lesson in this game. Uh, all these um i don't think it is you're <laughs> thinking about it really the, you know, are there a whole lot of dangerous animals in animal crossing like you know or, i mean obviously there's there's large cats but like i mean there's bears there's tigers there's lions there's alligators very cute all of them no snakes is there a snake animal crossing character there's none yeah there's not is there they never never went there they yeah. should have yeah, there's a lot of cool characters in this game. David, you know, can you give me one or two of your favorite characters from New Leaf, specifically? Okay, specifically <laughs> from New Leaf, if I'm not mistaken, New Leaf introduced Leaf, the sloth, who's a gardener. Oh, yeah, the stoner sloth. So fucking cool. Yeah, I love that guy. He's a stoner kid that sells you plants, and he's a sloth. It's great. Um, I read stoner. I, he's, he's coded stoner. Yeah, he... <laughs> He's very much a like, hey, man, thanks for coming. You want to buy some roses? <laughs> like, he's not specifically stoner, but he's totally a stoner. Well, yeah, just by being a sloth, I think. <laughs> um, And then I personally, I can't go any segment talking about Animal Crossing without mentioning Savannah, the personal favorite villager of all time, who is the very chirpy, chipper zebra villager. Oh. Okay, I, for some reason I thought you meant the carpet camel, uh, and then I was like, "Wait, no, that's Sahara." So Sahara, yeah. Jeez, yeah, I was like, "You like the carpet camel? That's weird." <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have I have a quick question. You mentioned you mentioned there's no snakes in these games. Yeah. Do they have any other animals that like don't have legs? Um. Well, there are a couple. There's a couple of octopuses, like squid characters well, in the game. They have lots of legs, though. I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. But legs. like, yeah, not, not, well, technically, they have lots of arms. Yeah, not normal not legs. legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird when a, when an octopus walks up to you wearing a shirt and <laughs> asks you to do it a favor, Johnny. It's you know, it raises a lot of questions. But yeah, no, there's not a whole lot of no like legged uh, <laughs> or like strange legged animals. 
There's no like spider care. Like spiders have a lot of legs. What am I thinking? Uh, you know, there's not like a jellyfish um, <laughs> that you can hang out and talk to. You know, it's, it's land animals. So, you know, no, there's not, not a no whole f- lot of just super weirdness. Um, <laughs> it is game. weird, though, because like you can talk to frogs as your neighbor. Hell yeah. And then you can go to a pond and catch a frog. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where exactly is the distinction? Right. Yeah. Like, can I just can I just send Gusto to the museum? Like, good, good question. You know, <laughs> yeah. It, ask Ask Gusto. It hasn't <laughs> been you know really raised in the games yet, but yeah, could you donate one of your neighbors to the museum to satisfy that requirement? Like, you know, can you subjugate your neighbor and throw him in the museum and just have him stuck there? They don't really. It doesn't really come up. Um. But yeah, games are just charming. Um. Uh, I think this one added, uh, you know, I think the characters got taller so you could have pants. That's one of the big features in this game, pants. Um, and also you become mayor of the town and you get to do things outside more than just inside. Big deal oh in God. these games. <laughs> How could I forget? This is the game that introduced Isabel. Isabel is a precious being oh, in yeah. the animal. Like, Isabel's so great. Wow, I'm glad that we actually managed to get around to that because yeah, Isabel's kind of important. She shows up in Super Smash Brothers. She's great. Everybody loves Isabel. Um, fantastic character. Your chipper, friendly dog helper. Just you know, ugh, one of the best. Great character. Great game. Yeah, glad that Animal Crossing is cool and that this game is great. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. We got three fantastic songs from Animal Crossing: New Leaf. Uh, but before we get to them, I want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys all for uh, being here. Johnny, David, Jesse, always love a full strength gems. Uh, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening and supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash game that tune. If you're listening to this and you're not on Patreon, go there, support the shows, uh, become a, become a patron, uh, be one of those people. Uh, we got a ton of stuff and this show is good and we like making it for you guys. And uh, that's going to do it, guys, for uh, Game That Tune Gems for June 2023. We've got three fantastic songs from Animal Crossing New Leaf. Composers Kazumi Totaka, maybe you've heard of him, Manaka Kataoka, and Atsuko Asahi. We've got, and I chose these songs because these are the ones that I, these are the times that I played. David, you might have played at different times, so if you want to change these after I announce them, maybe we'll consider it. Uh, We've got 7 p.m., We've got 11 p.m., the song that strangely I know better than all of them. I don't know why I played so much Late Night New Leaf. And then we've got Bubblegum KK, the air check version. A new song introduced for the for the radio in uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf. David, uh, any objection to those? I have no objection. Hell yeah. So, uh, guys, let's play a little Late Night New Leaf, and we love you for listening. Peace out, everybody.
Thank mm-hmm. you.